Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Podcast. My name is Haas Rauscher. The goal of this podcast is to help men find and fulfill their purpose, going to help them be good, strong leaders, good, strong men, good male role models in their communities. I'm going to do that by having conversations, going to invite guests on. I'm going to ask our guests, what is your purpose? What do you think your purpose ought to be? How did you find that purpose? And what do you do every single day? How do you get up, get after it, and go and fulfill that purpose? Uh, today, we have a guest on that. I know I say this every time, but I really am pretty excited to have him on. Uh, I've been excited for a while to have him on. Uh, he was recommended to me by my buddy, uh, Blake Flannery, uh, who we did a One Flesh podcast. Uh, this guy has had a lot of experience from what I'm told by Blake, and I'm looking forward to diving into that. Uh, this is uh, my friend, the leaderless gentleman. I know we've got a name thing going on, so you can tell him your name. Uh, but he is the leaderless gentleman on Instagram. Um, yeah. How are you doing today? Good, man. Um, so just for the listeners, um, my name is Alex. I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> um, Sweet. I run two, di- I run two different pages. Uh, one called the leaderless gentleman, um, which is geared towards more towards leadership, uh, not just for the veteran and military community. Um, but since working with Blake um, and his training company, as well as, uh, Orion training group, I have developed it into, um, as well as trying to develop the everyday ordinary man. Um, and then I run another page called the tactical lifters guild. Um, and this one is more geared towards teaching combat MOS veterans, military members, active duty, um, on how to actually rehabilitate their body. Um, so they can get back to where they used to be because in the military, you have universal healthcare, and that is, in my opinion, never really a good idea because you always get the bare minimum. They give you one or two exercises and then kick you out the door for the next patient. And they don't ever really explain anything or they just try to get you out the door, not actually, quote unquote, operating again. Yeah, no, that, that's really cool. So, uh, Alex, I appreciate uh, I appreciate you being on. Um, we're going to start with we're going to do some rapid fire eventually, but just on the on the comment of the VA, I have, I have, we have a VA hospital here in Amarillo. Um, and I have heard so many mixed reviews. Um, like one day I hear that they're just absolutely banging and doing awesome. One day I hear that it's just absolute trash. Uh, it does kind of speak to the, uh, the pitfalls of, of, of universal healthcare. And I, and I wish it was better. Um, you know, I, I don't know the details of it, but I would have no problem with them like paying for veterans to go see private doctors, but the universal healthcare thing, it seems so hit or miss, uh, which, and, and to, to be fair, private healthcare is that way too, just because of insurance. Um, everybody, everybody talks about how our healthcare system is so messed up. Um, and it's, it's almost like a universal, completely universal would be bad in the long run, but it would almost be better in the short term, just because this whole private slash insurance with government involved is just a mess. I mean, it's just awful. Mm -hmm. Um, you try to go find a price for an MRI and, and tell me that you don't want to blow your brains out. I can only imagine <laughs> that the VA is it's just almost just as bad. But um, anyway, that, um, that may be a topic. It, it, we go ahead. No, I was. It, it really depends on where you are because, um, I mean, I live in North Carolina and it's quote unquote the friend the uh, military's friendliest state. And yeah. um, so the VA system that I went through out here for North Carolina was phenomenal. Um, but I also uh, did some VA stuff in Virginia, literally just the next day over. And it was 
it's uh, it's the two major VA clinics in Virginia have been dubbed the first and second award of worst in the country. Um, awesome. And I've I've person I've personally seen what I mean the VA hospital does to its veterans in in, uh, in Hampton, Virginia. I I walked in and you could you got punched in the face with how much depression and anxiety and um, just the gloom of the hospital. Yeah, that sucks, man. And and I think the the real problem is the lack of options because I mean, as somebody who's had to use private health care for all of my life, um, and I mean, I know you probably did as a kid before you went to the military and all that, but um, and you may still now with your wife and kids. I don't know how all that works, but uh there are still places that are like that, but the problem is like right next door, you can go and get decent health care. Um, whereas with like the VA, you know, in Amarillo, you have one place that you can deal with. Um, and if they suck, they just suck. It's not like you can take that money elsewhere. Um, or at least from what I've heard. And so it, 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 it is bad and like healthcare in general is a mess, but I don't, I don't want to get too stopped up <laughs> on this, but, uh, yeah. uh, cause we, we could talk for hours about shitty healthcare. Um, I'm going to start with some rapid fire. Uh, you have the tactical lifters guild. So obviously I have to ask you about lifting. What is your favorite lift, sir? Um, for probably 15 of the 20 years that I've been working out, it has always been the squat. Um, very, very young. I mean, I started going to the gym when I was uh, the summer before sixth grade. I started going to the gym with my dad. Um, and I used to see pictures of you know, massive bodybuilders that were sponsored by a supplement company called animal. Um, there's a, he's very famous in the fitness industry for having some of the biggest, veiniest, massive forearms. <laughs> and, uh, his name is Frank McGrath. And I, I, you know, I would see him wearing like camouflage cargo pants with the big ass, like construction boots on, and he's doing leg extensions and squats. And it would say squat till you puke. Yeah. And a young boy, you know, just starting to get filled with testosterone and, and being around men competing with themselves and everybody around them, I, I, I took to that. So um, I, I don't squat that much weight anymore, but I will, I will out-squat people with, with reps and time <laughs> almost any day uh, because I've always had that mentality of squat till you puke. Awesome. Man. Which I've done no, plenty cool. of times. <laughs> That's one that I don't get very often at all. Uh, I've, I've asked this question maybe a, a handful plus, maybe two handfuls worth of times, uh, and I don't get squat very often. And I, I actually can't. I, I'm sure I could. I know everything is possible, but uh, I, I have a really hard time squatting past parallel. I've got some knee issues that um, my knees don't work. But, uh, yeah, it. I hear very good. It's like you either really love squats or you really, really, really hate them um one of the two it's like there's <laughs> go ahead oh i know i uh there's uh, some of the greatest bodybuilders um in my time like ronnie coleman and kai green and kai green used to say you know you have to be a fucking psycho to to put 200 pounds on your back and rep it for 800 rounds yeah and uh and then ronnie coleman would say you have to be a fucking psycho to put 800 pounds on your back and rep it for you know, two reps. 
And uh, yeah. it doesn't really matter which direction you go. You got to be crazy to want to do squats. Yeah. So now that's funny. Uh, I'm assuming that you carry a gun. You seem like a guy that would carry a gun. Uh, what is your daily carry, everyday carry gun? Um, well, it's funny you ask that because I switch it between um, the pistol I bought for my wife as our wedding gift, which is a little Springfield 911 uh, <laughs> 380 ACP. And I, I wear that um, or I carry that if I'm wearing like my gym shorts and I got to run into the grocery store really quick. I, I throw that in my gym shorts because I don't want to have my um, you know, full size block 17 with, you know, the threaded barrel and a flashlight and an extended mag because that gets really heavy in gym shorts. And then um, right. people give you, people give you worse looks than if they knew it was a gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, that's cool. So uh, it's a Springfield. You said nine eleven. That's cool. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. It's my wife's little pistol. I'm about to have to do some shuffling around. My wife carries a, uh, it's one of those mid-size 509s. Um, you know, the okay. FN 509, um, she carries that with a TLR on it, TLR one, I think. Uh, and I'm about to have to switch that around just cause she's doesn't. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to, I've got a 365 that, uh, that I think I'm going to throw on, uh, one of the, uh, have you heard of the, what am I thinking of? Why can I not come up with words? Uh, the Enigma. Have you heard of the Filster Enigma? Um, maybe if I saw like a picture of it. Dude, check it, check it out after, after the podcast. Uh, it's, it's pretty dope. It's, it's kind of like the actual functional version of a belly band. Um, oh, where, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's got the, it's got the plastic piece with the actual belt on it. And then the leg, mm-hmm. um, the leg strap. Uh, so I've got one of those, but I think I'm going to buy another one and then get a, she's left-handed. And so it just makes everything a pain in the ass. Um, it is, it is so let me tell you how awful it is to have a left-handed wife when you're trying to get carry setups. Um, yeah. cause I, I've got three pistols that I can carry. I've got a five Oh nine. Uh, I've got a three sixty five, and then I've got an M 18. Um, and the three, the, both the SIGs are supposed to be mine, but now she's trying to carry them. And I'm just like, I've got to, cause even that enigma, it's hard to set up. So even though I've got an enigma and I could swap it from left to right, it's just a pain in the ass. So anyway, um, I digress. Uh, I don't want to spend too much, too long here um okay man yeah i think we're we're good on the rapid fire you and i I got a pretty good rapport going uh so alex what is your purpose um i would say my purpose now is to um grow myself physically um i was actually on um the uh, prepared mindset podcast last night um and he didn't ask this question but i would say that talking to him, the, the gym is, and I told him this last night, the gym is what I use to emotionally grow myself. Um, because it puts me personally in a state of clarity, um, to where I'm able to think clear, I'm able to ponder and, and follow the first passages in, you know, so the Psalms and, yeah. and to where it's talking about, we need to, to seek wisdom and gain knowledge. And that's, that is my time, not just to self-reflect, but to um, reflect on other people's decisions around me and be like, okay, did they do this right for this situation? And can I use that to my advantage to, to how I feel that they were thinking? Um, 
And so my purpose is to physically and emotionally grow myself so my son can have an example of what maturity looks like in this nation, especially in today's society. Um, so that way he can be a man among men when he is my age and not just the general general populace awesome yeah no i i like that um yeah so i would say hmm so i think overall your purpose is could, could we sum it up and and to, to be a good example for your son can we can we sum it up and yeah that? i know that's that's very condensed but um as as kind of a mission statement is that is that kind of what you're you're really focused on right now is is being a good example for your son um, it's, I, yes, it, that's, a, that's a really good way to put it. I mean, I, I, taking that point, I could, I could dive off even more, but yeah, that's a very simple way to put it. Sweet. No, I, and I, and I like that. Uh, I like that a lot. And even where I'm kind of, where I'm kind of going with it with, you know, the leaderless gentleman and, and what you're trying to do with Instagram, um, you know, it, you're trying to be an example for for your son, but it seems like you're setting yourself up to uh, to be an example for a lot of sons that aren't necessarily yours as well. Um, That's exactly the direction that I was I was going to take it. Sweet, yeah. Before I said that, yeah. That's um, you know I think it, and uh, you know being a, not to not to turn your not to turn your purpose into a catchy podcast title, but um, <laughs> you know I think that what we're seeing right now with, with, you know, myself and OTG and, and um, all of these people who um, maybe have a nine to five or OTG, you know, their purpose is to train or maneuver training systems or the leaderless gentlemen. I think what we're seeing right now is, is a reaction to having a lack of good examples. Maybe we all had good examples in our fathers, but maybe, you know, the public figures and, and other male role models that we thought we looked up to weren't good examples. And so it's, it's almost like we're all trying to be good examples for America's sons. Um, you know, the, the people that are, that are coming up underneath us, um, you know, it, I don't know. I, I, I like that a lot. And I like the way that you, I like the way that you, you did that. So let's go ahead and, and talk about, this is, this is something that's on my mind lately. Um, talking to a, a bunch of guys that have kids, uh, did you feel that weight immediately? Um, because it, to, to me, it sounds like you've kind of got this weight that either was placed or that you've placed on your shoulders to be a good example, uh, for your son. Um, how did you kind of develop that weight and how did you make the decision that, Hey, my ultimate goal is to be a good example for this young man. Um, so I spent five years in Marine Corps infantry and then I spent almost a year out before I finally, um, officially reenlisted into the air force security forces. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a running quote in Air Force security forces that they're the infantry of the Air Force. And, you know, to me, I'm like, no, you are not. Um, <laughs> but uh, because I, my, because of my background of the Marine Corps, there were a lot of guys who um, naturally started to gravitate towards my opinion on how things should be ran, how we should train what should you should train. Um, and I started to see what kind of light, what kind of not, you know, like a light where I brighten the room, but a light to follow the path. 
Um, mm-hmm. And if you if you stalk my Leader of the Gentleman page, you you'll I've started a uh, quote unquote discussion board uh, that I okay. call Men of the Path. I call it Men of the Path, and what it is is it's it's I've kind of like done it for a dad's discussion board on not how should you be a dad, but how are other dads being dads and what knowledge we can gain from other people. Um, and I've talked about, um, you know, allowing your child to win an argument when they are inherently correct, you know, right. drop your ego as a parent. And if you told them, you know, it, it, it sounds dumb, but a, and, a, and a child would pull this, but if you, you know, if you're like, you have to turn the TV off at seven 30, and you tell them to turn it off at 728, they're going to be like, no, I have two more minutes. Well, you're, I'm not going to be like, no, you have to listen to me. Uh, to me, it's like a, as, as petty as my child might be in that <laughs> moment, he's technically right. And if, if I want, if I'm going to be the man that holds my government accountable and my leaders accountable in the military, then I have to emulate that and allow my child to, to hold me accountable. Um, and I think too many, I think too many people get the concept of my way or the highway when they become a parent. And, um, I had, um, for the, for the listeners, I listened to the podcast that I did last night, this morning while I mowed the lawn and, uh, I go off on tangents and don't really answer questions directly. So I'm going to try to do that with you. Um, (laughs) but the, the, the guys that, that just were drawn to me ended up becoming glued to me. I realized that I needed to be a light that guided the path because I knew I wasn't always going to be there. I, I knew that, you know, inherently with the, with the military, you get with a great group of guys and then the, the, you know, the, the light that guided that path leaves. And so it's like, now the, the guys that I guided can, can flick the switch and guide the next guys. Um, and when I realized that I was doing that for them, I was like, well, if I can do that with these 18, 19, 20 year olds, um, I, and I know that the epitome of leadership in the military is to be called dad, not Sergeant Alex, it's to be called dad. That's the epitome of leadership. That's when you know you've made it. Um, then I have someone who's going to be calling me dad for the rest of my life. And so it was like, I would say that when I was getting out of the air forces, when it finally clicked that um, people are listening to me and it was like, Oh shit. I'm people are paying attention to what I'm saying. And it's not just my child. Um, And so I realized in my opinion, I have a chance to lead outside of an official position. Um, And I just, I had to take that and I had to run with it. No, I like that a lot, and I and I do like how you you connected that um, of, of the realization that hey, look, these uh, these military dudes are listening to me, and uh, I've got a small little military dude at home that's probably listening to me a lot. <laughs> you know, like yeah, exactly. Uh, I, um, no, I, I understand that a, a lot, and I appreciate that. How old is your son, if if you don't mind me asking? Um, he just turned five this month, actually. Okay, cool. So starting school, I guess, in September. Um, yeah, there's there's a mixture. We live like just a quarter mile outside of the bounds of the school that we want him to go to. So it's one of those 
do we throw him in the school that we don't know and he's not going to have any friends or do we move so he can go to the school that he's already been kind of established with? Yeah. Uh, just like put an address, like buy one square foot of land and yeah. put a little shack <laughs> yeah. on it or something. Um, no, that's, that's funny. And, uh, surely you, can you not get transfer vouchers? I guess if you're in town, maybe that's a little bit more difficult. I know when I, when I was growing up, there was like transfer vouchers and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I'm sure to be honest with you, my, so my wife has been in um, child development for the past like 12 years. So, um, I've kind of (laughs) asked that (laughs) buck off to her, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, so that's actually a good question that I could, I could either go find the answer for myself and surprise her that I, (laughs) that I've been paying attention. So for the listeners, don't tell my wife that I'm going to go do that research by myself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> earn some brownie points <laughs> yeah well don't, don't bank on it because I, I don't know how it works i know i know in rural communities uh you could fill out it, it's typically with schools that aren't aren't too terribly full um you could fill out a transfer voucher but the thing was the bus wouldn't run so like you're a quarter mile out you may have to drive your kid a quarter mile every day to go hit the bus or something but um yeah no, that, no that's, that's cool that's... Man, so. go ahead what you what were you what were you gonna say no, that's uh, that's exactly how I grew up. And my I was I was homeschooled my life, but I was uh, from eighth, well, seventh grade through high school. I was able to play sports for the public school, um, and the town that we lived in was like, hey, you know, this is a this is a a, a, f- a potential football player that we want on our team, and my parents were able to be like, no, we're going to send him over here. Uh, yeah, they did the whole transfer voucher stuff, I guess. No, that's that's cool. Um, so let's talk about the leaderless gentleman. Uh, one thing that I was a little confused about, I was intrigued. I was intrigued, but I was confused as to what you meant. Uh, the name leaderless gentleman. Tell me about how you developed that. Uh, what does that mean, and how does it tie into your purpose to uh to be an an example for your son? Um. So. Originally, the, uh, the Instagram page actually started out with uh, it was called the Boot Band Boys. Um, okay. And in the military, in the military, there's a running joke to where if you have in the military, you have the blaster boots, and you use these little boot bands um, that hook around your boot, and then you stuff the pants underneath those bands. Um, and the running joke is that if you have those on. Um, nothing is gay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so it started because um, myself and um, three other gentlemen were stuck for six weeks, isolated in Wyoming because COVID hit um, a training, a, a training school that we were at. And so we got stuck with seven dudes in one room um, and you get a bunch of guys together and, you know, after three days and you get all the gay out of the room, you start getting intellectual questions and thoughts. And um, so the leaderless gentleman started out with myself and three others um, started out as the boot band boys. And it quickly turned into the leaderless gentleman because we, we were, in a quote unquote specialized team in the air force. 
Um, but our direct leader was not a leader. Um, he was not there for us to help us grow in our job um, and the seriousness of our job. Um, and he was very, very lazy. Um, in my opinion, he was very hypocritical, manipulative. Um, he took advantage of uh, the um, very gullible 18 year olds that were in our squad. Um, and by the time he, by the time we noticed it, it was too late to really change people's point of view. So we, we started it as a, as a process of how can, how can the lowest guy on the totem pole um, directly, I guess, lead or inspire that next okay. person up? Because I was, when I went into the Air Force, I had to lose the rank in order to re enlist. And I, I got out of the Marine Corps and NCO. I mean, I had led at one point 140 Marines. Um, it, the, the point of me leading them was fairly easy. Um, because I didn't have anybody breathing down my neck when I was doing it. Um, But uh, we didn't in the air force, we didn't, we just didn't have a leader. So how can you be that, that, you know, bottom of the totem pole and still lead people. And then when I got out of the military and I realized um, that there are other people watching me, um, I mean, shoot, I've had 60-year-olds ask me for freaking life advice, and I'm just like, that's supposed to be you, my guy, you know? Um, <laughs> and so it's it's not just, you know, kids that are 10, 15, 20 years old coming to me for life advice. Um, it turned into more of um, leadership across the board, and then I realized that being a dad was the ultimate leader. Um, and that's where a lot of the, um, I guess, dad advice from, guys like uh, Jared from Bear and the Outlaw asked me. Okay, cool. Um, no, that, that makes a lot of sense now. And I just want to showcase how uh, how much of a silly goose I am. I use the word silly goose uh, or the phrase silly goose in place of other um, not, you know, frowned upon words that make me look like an asshole. Um, but I realized how much of a, uh, of, of a silly goose I am uh, because I thought it was gentleman as in single. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's leaderless gentlemen. Okay, I get it now. I get it now. Um, yeah. Okay. No, that's, and, uh, that's, that's, that's that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 and I, I enjoy the questions on what is, what does the leaderless gentleman mean? Like, you know, and, and it, it started off like, how can, how can you be a leader when you don't have a leader? So. No, that's, that's, that's really cool. Have you seen 47 Ronin, uh, 47 Ronin? I have. Mm-hmm. okay it's it's kind of the same it is is that kind of the same vibe i mean your leader was just not good but um it, it's kind of the same vibe with those guys you know coming together to to get something done i guess you know mm-hmm. yeah coming coming together to get something done for the betterment of not yourself but the team um right and you know leader is a, a leader one of the definitions of being a leader is to be selfless, not selfish. And, and, you know, it's easy for the guy on the bottom of the totem pole to be selfish, but the guy on the top has to be selfless because everyone below him is the one that's holding them up. And, yes, uh, sir. and so, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, <laughs> no, I get it. Um, so I, I can take it from there. Uh, it sounds like the, the, the theme kind of behind this is that 
when you are part of the leaderless gentleman, let's say in, in some sort of scenario where Jocko would say there's, there's a leadership vacuum um, or not necessarily a vacuum, just a really bad leader. Uh, it, it sounds like kind of what you're telling me is that you're, you're teaching, you're teaching young men that you can be a leader on the bottom. And what that means is being a really good follower in a lot of circumstances. I think you would agree. Um, so tell me, yeah, tell me how being a good follower uh, helps to be a good leader. And I and I know um, how Jocko would phrase it, but I want to hear from you. How, how does being a good follower, because a lot of people wouldn't think that, but how does being a good follower help you be a good leader? Um, if you can't, if you can't follow simple directions yourself, uh, that attitude will be displayed when you do get that official you know, position of being a leader and humans can inherently, you know, uh, humans that have some sense of honor, um, can smell that bullshit. Um, I had one of my best friends told me that, uh, intent has a smell. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you're a follower that only wants to become a leader because you want to be in charge of people not responsible for, there's a huge difference. Um, you know, if you if you are in the military and you're trying to gain rank to be a leader because you want to be in charge of people and you want that extra paycheck, you're going to have a horrible time trying to lead people to to get the job done, not just bare minimum, but past the the standard. You know how to you know getting people to actually exceed that standard. So if you can follow directions and and be the individual that can smell that intent and still get the job done by exceeding the standards. Um, I had a leader in the Air Force tell me, you know, you have the potential. Being a Marine grunt in the Air Force was very difficult and very stressful. The job was super easy. Um, but you have a certain attitude going from being a Marine, not just that, but being infantry and then going into the Air Force. It's uh, the standards – are, are just different in the air force. It was acceptable to, to just meet the standard and you're good in the Marine Corps. It was, you have to exceed that standard. Um, and I, there's a gentleman that was in the air force. He's, he's still in, so I won't mention his name, but, uh, you know, he told me, he was like, you have the potential to be a phenomenal leader in the air force. He said, you just need the right leader. And when he said that to me, I was like, I haven't been a, a good follower. And if I can't be a good follower and, and still, still put my name, do my best on a job and put my name on that job, regardless of it, making my shit leader look good. It'll, it'll inherently grow me. Right. You know, somebody who can smell that intent, hopefully someone at the top of the totem pole can smell that intent of what I'm doing, regardless of how crappy my leader is, I'm still willing to do the work. And so you can't be, you can't be a good leader if you can't, Put, if you're not willing to put your own name on a shit leader's job. No, that, that makes sense. And, you know, from a bad leader perspective, it's incredibly important, but um, even from a good leader perspective, you know, it, it calls me back to, to kind of marriage as well. Uh, literally what you said is my wife has been, um, I would, I would assume this is a, this is a bold assumption and, and you can disagree with me if you'd like. Uh, but I would assume that you believe that, um, in a, in a good household and a good marriage that a man is supposed to be a leader in his marriage and a leader in his household and, and the leader of his family. But 
you demonstrated it excellently is like, well, my wife has been doing child development for years. I kind of, um, I let her, you know, kind of deal with that. I, I kind of go hands off, um, which is almost exactly what we're talking about here is, you know, a good leader, um, knows when to lead and knows when to follow, uh, and, and does both, you know, to his best ability with excellence. Um, and so I, I think that's a really good point. Tell me a little bit about how you've exercised that in your marriage other than, you know, the kid's school thing. Um, tell me, I know this isn't a one flesh podcast, but I'm just curious to see if, if, um, there's continuity between your, your thoughts on, on the military leadership to the, to the marriage. Um, well, it took my wife and I've been together for nine years and we got married in 17. So six years, almost, uh, almost six years. Yeah. Um, it's taken me a long time to realize, and it's funny, and uh, she's my my door is cracked open right now, and she's in the next room, so I'm, I'm waiting for her to hear this, but um, I think she'll appreciate it. Uh, but we got in an argument one time when we were in when I was in the Air Force, and, and uh, she told me she was like, I'm "Not one of your boots," and in the military, boot is like the guy on the bottom of the totem pole, and, and a lot of times those guys get treated like shit. And um, you know, in 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 my mind, I, you know, in one hand to defend myself, I was like, well, if you want to be my best friend, you know, a lot of my best friends are military members and that's how I know how to treat them. On the other hand, it was like, but a good leader knows how to talk to each individual person that they are responsible for. And, uh, and it took me, it took me some time to realize, okay, well, if I want to be a good leader and my, I want my wife to be my best friend, then I need to find that healthy balance of teasing or holding her accountable or, or um, you know, leading her or allowing her to lead the situation. Um, and I'm, you know, marriage is not, marriage is not successful until one of them passes away and, and you were married that whole time yeah. um, in my eyes. And so it's, uh, you know, we've gotten a lot better, but um, I've had to realize that if I want to be responsible, not in charge, but responsible for my household, um, then I need to lead it effectively. And if I lead it effectively, then my wife is going to want to follow me. And if 